Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Hey there, thank you for joining us this week. We are back on our Nutrition Mythbusters and we are looking in the grocery store, particularly pastas, meat, and different types of sweeteners. In this discussion, we will explore the nutritional benefits of the popular food items. We'll start by examining pasta and then we'll dive into the nutritional characteristics of ground beef, ground chicken, and ground turkey, offering a comparative analysis to assist you in making informed dietary choices. And following that, we'll shift the focus to sweeteners, examining the nutritional differences between honey, maple syrup, agave nectar, and table sugar. From there, I'll do a brief rundown of the different types of milk, from 1% almond, oat, coconut, and soy milk. And by the end of this discussion, you'll gain a deeper understanding of the nutritional nuances of these foods and helping you make a more conscious decision when planning your meals and indulging in the culinary delights. So first off, let's dive into pasta. When it comes to pasta, there are several options available and each with its own nutritional profile. And when you look in the grocery store aisle, it almost becomes overwhelming because not only are there different shapes and sizes, but there's also different varieties such as whole wheat, enriched pasta, lentil, and chickpea pasta. And I really want you to understand the differences in the nutrition. So the enriched pasta, that's the regular white pasta that you would see, it is made from a refined wheat flour. And those nutrients are added back into it because they were lost during some of the processing. And this is the one that's probably deemed the unhealthy one. But I wanna surprise you here. So let's look at the nutritional information for the enriched pasta. So for a two ounce serving, it is about 200 calories, one gram of fat, zero grams of saturated fat, 42 carbs, two grams of fiber, and seven grams of protein. Because it is enriched, nutrients are added back to it, such as iron, providing 10 to 15% of the recommended daily intake per serving. B vitamins are also added back. We get thymine, riboflavin, niacin, and folic acid. And let's just talk about the benefits of the enriched pasta. The versatility is huge. It comes in so many fun shapes and sizes and can be used in a variety of recipes. And it is the most popular taste and texture preferred among people. Now let's look at whole wheat pasta. That is made from whole wheat flour, which includes all three parts of the grain, including the bran, the germ, and the endosperm. So the whole wheat kernel. And that means that it retains more nutrients and fiber compared to pastas that, that were made from refined flour. And here's the breakdown. Similar calories. It is similar to an enriched pasta with the protein, carbs, and fat, now here's the kicker here. The fiber is the one that is definitely provides more with six to eight grams per serving. So promoting those digestive health and satiety issues within the fiber. Okay, 
The next pasta, chickpea pasta, which is huge in the popular names such as Banza. I see that a lot. Chickpea pasta is a popular alternative to traditional wheat-based pastas, especially for those seeking gluten-free and higher protein options. It is typically made from chickpea flour and water. And the nutritional breakdown is similar. Protein is notably higher than traditional pasta, which has about 14. The fiber content, it does have a great source of fiber with six to eight grams per serving. And it has a moderate fat content, which I was pretty surprised, generally around that four grams. It does contain those added minerals and nutrients such as iron and B vitamins. And the variety of chickpea pasta is getting extremely popular and available in various shapes and sizes similar to the traditional pasta. Let's look at lentil pasta. Um, when I think of lentil pasta, I think of the bright red lentil, but I just found out there is a yellow lentil pasta. So that's pretty cool too. It's another alternative to traditional wheat-based pastas and a great option for those seeking gluten-free and higher protein. It is made from red or green lentils and water. As for nutrition, it is a good source of protein, about 12 to 14 grams, and fiber of roughly around three to five grams of fiber per serving. Again, iron and other B vitamins are added to this pasta. There may not be as many options because this seems to be the least popular out of all the four categories that we have. So when I look at my table from enriched whole wheat, chickpea to lentil pastas, when you look at across the board, calories are around 200 calories, generally around there. The fat content is generally the same, except the chickpea has about three grams of fat per serving. Carbohydrates are very similar from anywhere from 34 to 42 grams of carbohydrates. The fiber, that's where it gets a little bit more unique. The enriched pasta has two grams of fiber, whole wheat, five grams, chickpea, five grams, and lentil is a whopping 10 grams of fiber per serving. When we look at protein, the enriched and whole wheat pasta both come in at seven grams of protein. This is one that is very surprising because when we think of the traditional pasta, it still has seven grams of protein per serving. When you compare that to an egg, one large egg has six grams of protein. So put the two together and that's a fairly decent source of protein within there. So the traditional and whole wheat pasta has seven grams of protein. Chickpea pasta ranks at 11 grams of protein and lentil pasta around the 15 grams. I looked at a couple of micronutrients here as well. Iron, all four varieties of pasta have at least 10% of the RDA. Um, chickpea has 20 and lentil has 15%. There is potassium and B vitamins. Folate is listed on the traditional enriched pasta because that was added back. It is, if you look on a basic nutrition facts label for the other three, it's not listed on there. So other ones that are listed, riboflavin, niacin. So you can see that 
some do contain some of those micronutrients. And it's important to note that the exact nutritional content may vary depending upon the brands and the specific product. And when choosing pasta, consider your dietary preferences if you have any specific health goals that you may have or any uh, dietary concerns. And if you're looking to increase fiber and nutrient intake, whole wheat pasta, chickpea chickpea pasta, and lentil are all great options. And I'd love to see more varieties for gluten-free options um, coming from the chickpea and lentil pasta. Now, I'd say the number one question though, when you are looking at pastas is, which one do I enjoy eating? Which one will my family enjoy eating? Which one, you know, is very cost effective for our family? And for me, that just goes with the regular old traditional pasta. So there are many times where we put this health halo over the whole wheat pasta or the chickpea pasta and the lentil. I'm here to say traditional pasta is fabulous and provides a good amount of nutrition. So do do not be afraid to enjoy your traditional pastas if that's what you love. Next up, we are comparing maple syrup, honey, agave nectar, and table sugar. These are common sweeteners and each with its own distinct nutritional characteristics. So I wanted to break it all down and look at each one individually. When we look at maple syrup, it is relatively high in calories, about 52 calories per tablespoon. The sugar content, it is made up of natural sugars, primarily sucrose and small amounts of glucose and fructose. Nutritional benefits, it may contain some antioxidants and vitamins such as riboflavin and manganese and other minerals like zinc. But remember, the serving size, it's small. So I'm not sure we're getting huge amount, huge amounts of benefits here. Let's look at honey. It is also calorie dense with about 64 calories per tablespoon. The sugar content consists of natural sugars with about 38% fructose, which is fruit sugar, and 31% glucose and small amounts of other sugars. Nutritional benefits, it may contain some antioxidants and vitamins such as B vitamins and minerals like potassium. And raw honey in particular may contain additional enzymes and benefit compounds um, depending upon the source. I've also heard of benefits with allergies. If you consume honey that is locally grown in your area, you may benefit with decreasing those allergy symptoms. The next one, good old table sugar. It is also known as sucrose. And table sugar is also calorie dense around that 49 grams of calories per serving. It is made up of 100% sucrose, which is a disaccharide. It's composed of equal parts of glucose and fructose. Those are just like the simplest form of sugars when I'm talking about glucose, fructose, and galactose. Um, nutritional benefits... There's really not many, but also just provides sweetness. I'm going to go into the next one, agave nectar. It is another uh, calorie-dense option, providing about 60 calories per tablespoon. 
Agave nectar is often referred to as agave syrup. It's a sweetener derived from the agave plant, specifically the blue agave species. Um, it is the same plant where you make tequila. <laughs> I always thought that was a fun fact to throw in into my uh, food nutrition presentations. Oh, we make tequila from this too. Um, it's really gained the popularity as a natural alternative to traditional table, table sugar and other sweeteners, and there are some nutritional benefits. What's it made of? It's primarily composed of fructose, which remember, that's the small little sugar molecule, which really when we say fructose, I'm just meaning fruit sugar. There is a difference in the way the body processes that compared to table sugar. Agave, agave syrup is most, mostly fructose, which may not directly raise the blood sugar levels. Instead, fructose goes to the liver and can be converted to glucose. However, <laughs> too much of it is not a good thing either, and that may alter the pathways that it goes to. Okay, Agave nectar is vegan-friendly, it is gluten-free, and there is some research that suggests that agave nectar may have prebiotic properties, which just means it can serve as food to benefit the gut bacteria, promoting the good health. So it's like food for the gut. Um, some key points when considering these sweeteners. Flavor. Each sweetener has a unique flavor profile. Maple syrup, it has those distinct maple taste and honey offers floral and varied flavors depending upon its sources. Agave, you kind of get that fruity sweetness while table sugar is primarily purely sweet without the distinct flavor. I want to make note, this glycemic index indicator, I think could be a little skewed because it's specifically looking at the particular type. It's generally not looking at when you're eating different varieties of food, and that can also affect your blood sugar levels after. But when we look at the glycemic index for honey and table sugar, they do go a little bit higher than the agave and maple syrup. However, again, the impact on the blood sugar can vary depending upon the specific type and amount. Allergies and preferences. Some individuals may have allergies or sensitive sensitivities to certain sweeteners. Honey, for example, definitely should be avoided by infants under one. And even though less processed sugars may contain trace elements and minerals that refi that refined white sugar lacks, it still may it still ends up as glucose or blood sugar after the body breaks it down. And in the end, I don't think we have to go crazy on deeming certain sugars as bad or deeming this one better. It's whatever type of sweetener you like to use. And again, it's, it's all about how much are you using and not to go crazy with the added sugar in your diet. I will add a link in the show notes for some more information talking about our natural sugar alternatives healthier. Our next food we are going to talk about ground beef, ground turkey, and ground chicken. And they do differ in nutritional content based on their fat content, protein, and other nutrients. So here's a comparison of the nutritional differences between these three. When we look at ground turkey, 
It's generally 93% lean. It provides essential nutrients like B vitamins, selenium, phosphorus, and it's generally considered a leaner option compared to ground beef. Now, ground chicken, that's usually about 93% lean. Nutritional benefits contain essential nutrients like protein, B vitamins, selenium, phosphorus, a mid-range, and what a lot of people buy is 85% lean ground beef. And ground beef does contain important nutrients such as protein, iron, zinc, and vitamin B12. However, it's generally higher in the saturated fat and calories compared to the poultry options. It is important to note that the nutritional content can vary based on the specific lean percentages of the ground meat. So choosing those leaner cuts of ground beef can help reduce the overall fat content. And ultimately, the choice between ground turkey, ground chicken, and ground beef depends on your dietary preferences, nutrition goals, and what do you enjoy eating, whether that's the specific flavor and texture, what goes well for your dish that you're making. There's a lot to consider here. And I believe ground turkey and ground chicken definitely have this health halo around them. Um, Because many times the comparison is based on unfair assumptions that beef is high in fat. And yes, depending upon the cut, it can be. However, if you swap out beef to 93 or 96% lean, it pairs, it compares quite nicely to the ground chicken or turkey. And I want to talk about this beautiful little table that I developed. <laughs> I love seeing, um, I love tables and charts. That's how my mind works. So in a four ounce serving of ground beef, my hands are going wild here. Um, <laughs> let's talk about calories. Ground beef percentage at 85%, 240. Ground beef at 93%, 170. Ground beef at 96%, 140. Ground turkey at 93%, 170. I just want to pause here. The ground beef, 93% lean, and the ground turkey, 93% lean, has the exact same amount of calories per serving. Okay, when you look at ground turkey, you can get that up to 99% lean, and the calories there are 120. And same with ground chicken. Ground chicken and ground turkey are both 90% lean, generally about the same nutrition facts on there. Let's look, at, let's look at the fat content overall through the board between these. We have ground beef at 85%, 17 grams of fat, whereas 93% lean ground beef, 8 grams of fat per serving. Again, that is the exact same fat grams as 93% lean ground turkey. If we go down to the 96% lean ground beef, we're at four and a half grams. And if we go 99% ground turkey, we're at 1.5. So a big difference there from 85% lean ground beef from 17 grams all the way down to 1.5. Through and saturated fat varies as well. But again, the 93% lean ground beef and 93% lean ground turkey Both have about three grams of saturated fat. Um, Protein content, generally all the same across the board. 
around that 21, 23 grams of protein per serving. Sodium level, generally about the same. However, ground chicken only has 55, where everyone else, the other ones have about 70, 75, so just a little bit less. Now, I want to point out iron because beef is one of the best sources of iron. It comes from an animal, meaning that it is the it has better absorption rate than coming from a plant source of iron, like comparing ground beef to spinach. Your body absorbs the animal protein better. When we are looking at ground beef, no matter what the fat percentage, it all contains 15% of the RDA for iron. And when we're looking at ground turkey, 93%, we get less than half of that at about 6% for iron. And if you go to the 99% lean ground turkey, you're at 2%. The reason why I bring this up for, um, this is a personal story for me. I have dealt with anemia. I have dealt with low energy and I have taken those iron supplements and we all know, well, maybe we don't, <laughs> but iron supplements, if you take them on a consistent basis, can cause constipation. So it is a great idea to find food sources that have high sources of iron and beef is right up there. So if you have a problem with absorbing iron or if you're partly anemic or I generally just think if it's that time of the month, you should boost your iron intake. It's just a good idea. Beef is a great option to have at 15% of the RDA. Where ground turkey and ground chicken are a lot lower in iron. Now, I talk about the nutrition profile here. But what about price? I think that plays a big fact factor into it too. Um, is it affordable? Can I put this in my weekly budget? And I'll just go across the board. 85% lean ground beef, $6.79. If we go to 93% ground beef, that price is $7.29. There is a price difference. And when we go leaner in ground beef, the price goes up. And 96% lean ground beef is all the way up at $8.99 per pound. So the jump per pound from 85% to 93, $1.70. And if you go all the way up to 96, it's $2.20 more than 85% lean. However, I was surprised to see that ground turkey, 93% lean, is the cheapest one compared here per pound. And it is $4.79. If we get a leaner cut, such as 99% lean ground turkey, $5.89, and ground chicken is $6.99. So ground chicken to ground turkey, it is $2 more per pound. Okay, for the next one, this one's just going to be a brief option. We're just going to look at the nutrition profile, and we're going to look at different types of milk. 1% almond, oat, coconut, and soy. When we look at calories, 1% is 110 calories, Almond milk, 30 calories. Oat milk, 100 calories. Coconut milk, 50 calories. And soy milk, 110. When we look at the fat content, 1% and almond milk is the same at 2.5. Oat milk is twice that at 5 grams. Coconut milk is also up there at 5 grams. 
and soy milk is at 4.5 grams. Um, carbohydrates, we have 1% and oat milk at 12 grams, almond and coconut at one gram, and soy milk at nine grams. Now, when you look at the carbohydrates of milk, lactose, the milk sugar in the natural milk sugar in milk is a carbohydrate. So don't get too worried about that number. I want to look at protein. And 1% milk contains a good good amount of protein at 8 grams per serving, whereas the plant-based milks are a lot lower in protein content. Almond milk at 1, oat milk at 2, coconut milk at 1, soy milk 8 grams per serving, and calcium. Most of them are fortified with calcium. I was surprised to see that oat milk is the lowest at 8% calcium. Even with gaining of all its popularity, it does not provide a good source of calcium in there. And price-wise, the cheapest on this is 1% milk at $0.03 per fluid ounce, almond milk at $0.04, oat milk is on the higher level at $0.06 per ounce, same with coconut milk and same with soy milk. So this episode was way too long and I talked way too much and maybe told you too much. But I hope this gives you a little bit more clarity when you are looking at your products to consider certain items to maybe not have those ideas of certain products having this health halo over them and really asking yourself, which one do I enjoy? Which one tastes good? Which one does my family love? Which one is cost effective for our family? And so on. So I will be sharing some of these Uh, graphs and charts into my newsletters in the upcoming weeks. If you would like to get onto that newsletter, please sign up or just send me a message. I would be more than happy to send you the charts comparing the different types of milk, pastas, and ground meat. Thank you so much for spending your time here with us on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.